Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. And my neighbor Ted loves to give me that look when I ask to borrow a pole saw. A year ago, I didn't even know pole saws existed. And now I gotta borrow one from Ted? What is happening? Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. (laughs) This tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoed of Chris Carava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris Carava is. It's so good. That's great. Welcome back to the Puncture, everybody. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron what's hey, up, Mike. Man? Jesse, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, man. I'm doing fine. Awesome. We're Je- here. Jesse's utterly calm. I've got a drink. We're outside in my yard. We've got some music playing from a few neighbors down the way. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's really nice out. You're yeah. drinking a pina colada? I am literally drinking a pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate for the <laughs> tropical weather we're having here in San Diego. At night. At night. <laughs> At night, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, well, we, we have a pretty cool show um, for everybody today, and it, it's a little bit different. Is it a long one? It's uh, it's not too long, but no. it is. Um, it was pretty fun. It was a fun conversation and near and dear to all of us because uh, we're all teachers, educators, mm-hmm. um, and it is back to school time. Uh, pretty much everybody's back to school unless, unless they already were sent home for, yeah. for being covid uh, I thought you were yeah. going to say unless your parents are neglecting you. Uh. <laughs> are you talking about homeschoolers? Yes. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Dang. Sorry to our homeschool friends. Uh, but, yeah, we have a great conversation coming up in a second with um, our friends Brian and Andrew. Uh, also educators, founders of Blue Dot Education, near and dear to me, Mm -hmm. um, on all of us. Uh, It's just like a cool conversation. 
Uh, and, and we're going to get to it in a second. Right. But before we do that, we are here in this beautiful backyard at Jesse's house. Yeah, I, I'm happy to be back here. Um, yeah, back in Burbank. Yeah. Um, and w- and one thing we do, as we do, is talk about the music we've been listening to. So maybe we'll at least have that conversation before we kick it over to our, our bigger talk with our friends. Not a bad idea. Great, great. So if you don't think it's a bad idea, Aaron, yeah. why don't we start with you? All right. Uh, lately, I've been listening to a lot of, guess what? Death by Stereo. Oh, you got to say that more Not Death by Stereo. It's no, not that Death. was... I, I had the tone in my voice of how excited I was about you talking about Death by Stereo. That was not accidental. Strung out. All right. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know what... Let's see. I listened to Car Crash Radio by Strung Out, which is off of their Agents of the Underground album, which came out sometime in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. And uh, for whatever reason, never really caught on to it, but... Something in the song caught my ear, and so I started playing it a lot, and I've listened to it um, maybe a million times in the last two weeks. Or a billion? One, one, just Something. one million? Between one million and eleven billion. Okay. Um, yeah. I've gotten reacquainted with the album. It's grown on me a lot more, and I'm sad I haven't been listening to it all this time. Or maybe this was just the right time. Yeah. For that album in my life, I don't know. I, I can relate to that feeling of being like, man, how, how did I forget to listen to this? But really, I think if you would have just been listening to it all along without giving yourself that gap, you would not appreciate coming back to it as much. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? Um, related to a concert that we've got some tickets for coming up here, um, OC Fest. We're going to be going to that to see our friend Slick Shoes. Yes! And I'm also really excited that uh, a band I've liked for a long time, although they haven't made music for a while, uh, Too Bad Eugene. You got me tickets to this, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Are you going, Aaron? He has not said yes yet. I haven't decided if I'm going to be able to. Oh. I'm a, a soft maybe. You're just... No, I'm a hard maybe. You're, yeah, there you go. I'm a hard maybe. There you go. Keep it firm, buddy. <laughs> blue, <laughs> blue pill punk rock. We keep it firm at the punk tree. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Shit. something I've been listening to, Too Bad Eugene over the last few months have put out a couple of singles. I don't know if they're teasing a full album or something. I should look into it. But after not putting out any music for over 10 years, uh, they're back together and they put out a couple singles. One of them's called Back to Life and one of them is called Non Grata. Um, I think I like Non Grata a little better, but anyways, if I had to say what it reminded me of, it would sort of be their second full-length album, I think, that they put out on Tooth and Nail. Their first full-length they put out was called Any Rate, and that was on um, Rock City Recordings, which was uh, Mike Carrera's label. In fact, I think they were pretty much the first band that he like recorded and put out from his label. Really? And my my um, favorite little claim to fame from my, my little <laughs> punk band I was in in high school is we actually got word back from Rock City Records when what? we sent them our demo that they wanted to like talk to us and maybe put us on a comp. We got I think I still probably have it somewhere. It's a letter, Just a letter from yeah. Michelle Herrera. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. But anyways, they put out the singles, uh, and, and I like it pretty well. They're a little more reminiscent of their second full-length record, which was called Moonlighting. Um, which I liked, 
But anyways, uh, a couple of singles. They sound good. I'm excited that they're back. Mike, have you, uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to ask, have you? I know you've been listening to music because you don't stop. I don't stop. Um, can't stop, won't stop. That's uh-uh, a uh-uh. Ch- chingy, chingy in the gunners. <laughs> um, so I have, I have been listening to one record a lot, a lot, a lot. Aaron was actually at my house the other night and I played a little bit of it for uh-huh. him so that he could appreciate my love for it. Um, spinning some vinyl. Uh, but it's because I got called out. So one of my best friends from high school, Cesar Alvarez. Hi, Cesar. I know you listen. Um, We've been reconnecting and played a little music once. I mentioned on the podcast. And a lot of the music that I listened to when I was in high school, uh, we listened to together. And we had our last episode about 1999. And I forgot to mention, I don't know how, but I legitimately forgot. To mention one of my favorite records of all time, which is just stupid. Um, one of my favorite bands in high school was the band Longfellow, out of Orange County. Uh, I feel even worse because I know some of of y'all actually listened to our show and oh, that's why connected you got, with. That's how you got the feedback. How did you not talk about Longfellow, you dummy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the Longfellow album and so on uh, came out in 1998, actually. But in the year 1999, it was one of the albums I absolutely did listen to the most. Um, And it is just, I think it's just the epitome of the greatest stuff that Kung Fu Records ever put out. Um, And so that's been kind of spinning off and on. I've listened to some other vinyl too. I've been doing some like swap meet diving and stuff. Um, But that record has just been sitting next to my turntable, like being put on and off for a couple of weeks probably. Wait, so why would you take it off of the turntable? I was um, done with that. Thanks, Jesse. Jesse was throwing his drink can across the yard and slammed it into a fence. That's what that was. I'm, pina colada, done. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's what I've been listening to. Nice. How about these beverages? I know, obviously, uh, our conversation that we're going to get into in a little bit was was at the pub, but we've got some drinks now. I, I just finished my cut water pina colada. Just it tasted did. very sweet. Awesome. I I have a beer. I bet a lot. Like none of our listeners, I bet, have listened to oh, come uh, on. had this before. I don't know. Give them a little credit. Um, it's called La Nueva. It's a hazy or a New England IPA from Icono Brewing, which is in Mexicali or Mexicali. Uh, which is the uh, capital of Baja, California. And it's right on the Mexican side of the border from where I grew up in the Imperial Valley. And my friend Lucio um, from Clexco out there, I feel like every time I run into him, he he buys me this beer. 
<laughs> and it's tasty and good. Nice. I've got uh, Travel Perks. It's an India Pale Ale from Pizza Port Brewing. Um, and I think it is a seasonal. It's definitely not one of their regular rotational beers, but it's a West Coast IPA, which I bought it because there's not enough West Coast IPAs around anymore. Pizza Port always makes a good IPA. Yep. And uh, it's got an awesome orange can. Actually, I think my daughter picked it out because I was looking at beer and she saw the bright color and picked it out for Is me. Is that how things are now, your daughter? Yeah. She also got cups. me, um, or she diapers? picked out my diapers, their PJ mask, and a uh, beer called Bunny and the Chainsaw, <laughs> or Bunny with the Chainsaw. Yeah, this is a bright pink can with a rabbit holding a chainsaw. Awesome. And that caught my five-year-old daughter's eye. Awesome. Well, um, we're excited to share this conversation with you. We'll go ahead and turn it over. I sort of wonder if there's any, like, cautions we should put out there before this conversation. Because we're at a pub and, like, there's other people around other oh. table. Like, giving us looks. Like, what are those guys doing yeah, over there so with those microphones? More than ever before... The, the interview slash conversation really that you're going to hear. We are at a pub right at one of our favorite places, O'Brien's Pub in San Diego. It's kind of noisy in the background. You're going to hear glasses clanging and people rumbling in the background. Um, I think you can hear the conversation pretty well. And, and we really want to thank Brian and Andrew for, for spending time with us. We, we, we kind of... Um, we kind of pop quiz them with the podcast a little bit. It was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but they really do share some amazing insights about why why it is that we all engage in this kind of work, and really it does speak to some of the spirit of uh, our punk rock roots and the things that we care about, the passions that we kind of carry around pretty well. And I just want to shout out Aaron because he has some real profound shit that he says <laughs> in this in this conversation. And so our listeners who are still hanging on as we get into this. I challenge you, go listen to the, the profound Aaron Wolf shit. There you it's go. coming up. All right. Enjoy, everybody. What was it like uh, going to a completely new place right at the beginning of high school, a, a pretty challenging transition in and of itself terrifying I was uh, I was a I remember going to the top of Horton Plaza which doesn't exist anymore but it is in downtown oh, San Diego that's gone well, I think I don't think it is there anymore oh it's there it's just like a bunch of offices it's becoming office something else yeah but it was a mall and there was no mall in the town I grew up in of 5,000 people but I remember we made our way to the very top of it, and we're looking out across San Diego. And my older brother, who I idolized, um, because he introduced me to music like Def Leppard, yeah, <laughs> and, and some, some punk and rock, Molly Crew, which is not punk rock, but that was edgy music in Wyoming. Yeah, you were like a and girl. Was, they dressed like girls. He was he was going into his senior year of high school. That's edgy music in Wyoming in 19. 19- 
the music was a helpful part of the transition? No, not at all. Your <laughs> not, made not it more difficult somehow? Definitely. But I remember him looking at me and saying, damn, we're hicks. You're the world's brownest hick. That, I, I didn't want to say it as a not brown person. Yeah, I lived on the... Literally, there were tracks in the town and probably... 90, I don't have data, but like everybody that I saw, except for maybe one or two families on the south side of the tracks in that tiny town, was uh, was Mexican, and they worked in fields, and they helped run the, make the sugar plant in the town go, and uh, and everybody on the other side of the tracks was just, I didn't know what happened over there. Didn't really spend a whole lot of, I tried to get invited to parties in the eighth grade. I got into a few. But I had to really work at it. Did you look old enough? <laughs> I, I think I looked old enough. I just didn't look right to be in the parties on the north side of the tracks. How, how old were you when you got your mustache? <laughs> That's a funny question, dude. That's Because my kid, my kid is 14, and he started getting his at 12, and he was freaking out. He was freaking out about it because he didn't know what to do. But yeah, you, you do get the little, like, fuzzball going on. 13, 14, probably. You do? You you get it? <laughs> There's like a, just a the proverbial you? I get it. <laughs> I, I, got get you. it. <laughs> I got it. I get it. Well, Brian, welcome to the punk tree. You, yeah, didn't, you didn't know you were going to be on. <laughs> I had no idea. Surprise! We just stuck a microphone in his face and he was like, what are you doing? And we said, oh, you're the guest. He we, thought he was just coming here for a burger and a beer, and here he is about to And he ended up with a shrimp sandwich and a beer. I didn't even know Aaron was part of the poetry, because I've, I've only <laughs> hung out with him outside of, like, kind of outside of this. I've been, like, no, I don't know him as well. Now I feel terrible. Most people don't. I'm, I'm, I'm on my third adult beverage. <laughs> uh, so this Brian that we're hanging out with, it's Brian Delgado. Hello. Yeah, from Torrington, Wyoming. Madison High, Madison High School via, or, yeah. yeah, Torrington via Madison High School in yeah, San Diego. Yeah. Yep. I was a Warhawk back in the day. Mr. Warhawk. Dang it, dude. What We're not you? even getting into that. So your high school mascot was Warhawks? Yes. It oh. was a hawk full of war, warrior intention, I guess. All right. What was your high school mascot, Aaron? Uh, we were the Crusaders. Oh, Jesus. I think you win the terrible Wait, award. Wait, did you say Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I did say yeah. that. But that was we your were mascot, the Crusaders right? Because Jesus was on our side, and we were slaughtering all of the non-Crusaders. The infidels. I don't think I'm allowed to say that, but yeah. All right, Mike, your high school mascot. I was I was a Viking. Oh, that's another crew. Uh, maybe we Jesse Jesse might win this though. Farmers. Yes! You were literally the farmers? The farmers! <laughs> yeah. Dang it. It's like a good mascot. Yep, Hayward High School in Hayward, California. Uh, the farmers. You guys lost every game ever, right? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. No, we were a pretty uh, established uh, sports school, big school. Did well in athletics. Remember Eddie? That farm boy strength. That's, well, and they had Eddie House playing basketball. Remember Eddie House? Uh, yeah. I yeah. That Played name. for the Celtics. He was a farmer. Wow. Also, Wait, like he played basketball at your school, or he like worked on his family's farm? No, he he played basketball for the high school, and then he went to the NBA. He may have also been a farmer. We don't know. We yeah, gotta look. You, do you know Jesse? 
what, do I know what? Did Eddie House farm? I don't know. I never asked him. I do assume he did not. So, other famous... That's uh, racist. Other famous people from my high school? You have a lot. Yeah, there's a few. Um, Andre Ward was like a, a top boxer in the boxing rankings. I think... The I'm coach sure. of the 49ers? Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh? Bill Walsh is a farmer? He was a farmer. Um, also, there was a, a, a coach for the Seattle Mariners. Um, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. And I'm ready to start a fight. I graduated alongside a person, and I'm going to get his name wrong, I think, but I think it was Riley Cooper, but I can look it up again, but he's uh, he played in the PGA for a few seasons. He was never, like, super high in the rankings, but he was in there, in the mix. I think, I would love to look, his first name was definitely Riley. I'll were you the same up. age? He was graduated alongside me, yeah. Wait, wait, you were the same year? Yeah, we graduated the same and year. And you played in the PGA? He was in the PGA. Were you the male athlete of the year? Oh, dude, that's not even... It's, it's a yes or no question. Yeah, it, I was, and that's these things are totally arbitrary. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, so golf's not a real sport. Ball golf, I think, is a sport because disc golf is a sport. Other golf, foot golf's are a sport. All the golfs are sports. If we were going to invent one new golf, what would it be? Underwater golf. Oh, oh shit. That's good. Oh. All right, quick question. Does it exist already, though? Swim golf? Dive golf? That might be interesting. Swimming golf. Wait, like you have to dive and try to put your balls, balls into a oh. goal of some sort it could, while it, you dive? It could be a Or it puck. could be surface level. Getting the ball into... That's a little bit like that you weird know, sport where they pull each other's, you know, speedos underwater. What is Wait, that what? called? Where they're throwing the ball around? Water polo. Water polo. Oh, yeah, that. So, so water polo is different because you're a team and you're scoring against someone defending a net. Oh whereas, man. Whereas golf, you're on your own and you're you're trying to get. I know he just went for that the latent homosexuality thing. Like, no, I didn't. It kind I of, didn't. I, mean, I didn't. I I'm thinking about ways that players take advantage of uh, each other in sport. Yes. Why is it gotcha. so Why is it so noisy around here? It's okay. So we are not uh, at home. We're not in the studio. This is like three episodes in a row, though. Yeah, we are. We are at uh, one of our favorite places, O'Brien's Pub, here. Yep. We've been coming here for 10, 12 years uh, regularly, um, and we're drinking good beer. It, it's it's nickname or the slogan is the hoppiest place on earth. What's this beer I'm drinking, Brian? It's a triple hazy IPA. I do not know the name of it. I bet it's on that board behind you. Uh, is it the Refraction in Action? Yes, Refraction, Refraction. Refraction in Action. Yeah, by, by Moxa. Is that how you pronounce that? Moxa. That's how I would pronounce it. Refraction in Action. It's a triple hazy IPA that's 10%. And you said it was pretty... That's a lot of percent. You described it as some overwhelming? It's, over, uh, it's a little overwhelming. In I, what manner? What about it overwhelming? It, it tastes like incredibly creamy and incredibly juicy and incredibly hoppy. Like like so much so that you're just like, I'm like tired drinking it. It's like it's like, 
It's over hazy, over everything for a hazy IPA. Yeah. What do you have, What do you have, Aaron? Uh, so I just finished a McElhenney Irish Stout, um, and I liked it. It. We're looking at the board right now. It's only five and a half percent, which most stouts in America now are. I mean, it's hard to find one under eight percent. Yeah. But this is like. This one was really good. It's like not dry, not sweet. It has uh, like the appropriate amount of flavor and I, what I would like in a stout when it's 75 degrees out. It is warm. That's Paul McElhaney, right? Who was uh, the brewer at Alpine initially? I, I think, think. Yeah, that sounds right. I think that's I've, got a, I've got a McElhaney as well. What do you have? Mine is uh, McElhaney. It's called a Wizard Wand. It's just a, an IPA that's it's pretty floral, a little uh, fruity, but not overwhelming like the hazy that you've got there. Yeah. And I didn't really choose it. The server, uh, the server just came up, and I was like, I can't choose. And he's like, What do you like? And I was like, An IPA that's nice and fresh. And so he he recommended this. Brian, what do you got? I got I went classic right now. Um, I got a, I have a Russian River Pliny the Elder, oh. which is a, a double IPA from way back. Everybody knows this one, but it is flowery and bitter and dank and beautiful. It's so if you've never had it, try the Russian River right. Pliny the Elder. To the East Coast listeners, this is like our version of Heady Topper. And speaking of East Coast, we have one more guest that just popped in. Oh, Andy. Andrew Lorario in the house. Hey, everybody. Uh -huh. give, us, give us some East Coast accent. We know you've got it. It's all just movie accents. It's not real. It's not, <laughs> all right. What, what do you guys want to hear? Like, everybody in the movies likes to see Italian culture, American culture, with like, uh, with the asking questions. Like, what do you want me to say? What, do you want me to act like a clown on the radio? What's going on? <laughs> yes. Andrew, what is your, what's a music influence of yours from you? Uh, Wait, like you're, you're from Joyzy, right? Yeah. So it's got to be Bigwig, right? Of course. Not, not. Um, music influence. This is a tough one. I have to think. Like you know, you love fish. Yeah, yeah. We grew up. Listening. Bon Jovi? No, I was. You know, I know. Sorry, Jersey fellow Jerseyans. I was never a huge fan of Bon Jovi. I also know. It's all right. We only had one listener from New Jersey for half an episode. Yeah, it's like sacrilegious so. to say. I, if I was in a bar, they'd be like, oh, you know, like, people lose their minds. Arnold Schwarzenegger I, would get mad. Why don't you at least tell us about some of your experience with with like local music scenes? I know you've told some stories about how you were never in the band, but you had friends that were, and you would always be there. Yeah. Yeah, so what kind of music were your friends' bands? Um, they listen to a lot of like like jam bands, you know. Definitely Fish. Um, oh God, back then. Our know. friends, uh, Al Al Bruzan, Alex Bruzan from my, my West Dallas. My one friend loved bass. Just went to, to Fish Victor last Wooten night. All the time. Victor Wooten. There you, you know, go. He loved them. Uh, um, like Bella Fleck and uh, you know Les Claypool. Um, and there were some other people that we used to just play all the time just to hear. There, there was there was a moment where they were trying to learn like punk rock and a little bit of reggae and so there was like a time where we were listening to the police a lot
Wait, so did you say that your friends were trying to learn punk and reggae so they were listening to the police? Yeah, yeah. Like, they liked, um... I like the way that Stuart Copeland played the drums. Like, the drummer that used to play in, like, a lot of the garage bands or when we used to get together in, like, house parties. They, um... Yeah, I mean, Stuart Copeland was one of the guys that he used to, like, to try to model after. You know, he liked... And a lot of those beats in some of the songs, like, in Walking on the Moon, you know, it had, like, that reggae beat to it, you know? Okay, that's fair enough. All right, I, I want to get down to the shit so we can, we can have the conversation that we were hoping to have. Yeah. So, so um, this won't come out for, for a few weeks, all right? But we, we're thinking that this is as far and as close to our version of a back-to-school special as, as the punk tree will do. And one thing that we have talked about a lot about punk rock music on our podcast, and this is like the impetus for our whole sh show during the pandemic, was are, are we who we are, like... Did we listen to punk rock music when we were kids because of who we were? Or are we who we are because we listen to that kind of music and we're a part of that kind of culture as kids? And so that has revealed itself. That's revealed itself in some interesting ways, right? And in some interesting places. So we've talked about like what happened at the Capitol. We had the episode with Kwaku Brian that I know you listened to. We've talked about other current events. And often, because the three of us are teachers, we have come back to education and like the role of, of education and public education in this whole thing, right? And, and so, something that we've been talking about quite a bit in our professional lives, because we have five people who have been... <laughs> we have five people who, who either are or have been teachers sitting here. One thing we've been talking about a lot is the difference between schooling kids and educating kids. And so I thought it'd be cool if we just had a, a little bit of a blast conversation, nothing too long, thinking about that. Like, we're going back to school, there's public education, kids are going to school. I know Aaron's back, he's on the second day teaching, was today. Yeah. Schools are reopening, in whatever ways they're reopening. But thinking of that difference between schooling and educating kids. Andrew, what do you think? I like to start by just trying to like define things. And for me, like educating happens all the time. I think that that you're always there's always a moment where you can be educated by something, you know, and that's just developing your learning and understanding. And I think school is all the like formal structure we've tried to build around that, which it's just been there forever, you know, and it's built on a lot of assumptions and a lot of things that just have always existed, you know, that have perpetuated. So I'm not saying they're bad or good. I'm just saying those things exist. And I think, I think, so I think education is just something that happens. It's a part of learning and um, school is just kind of like this formal structure we built to facilitate it. Yeah, I think punk rock is the spirit. I, I And I'm not like the punk rock expert at all, at all. But the spirit of it. You know, I've been in mosh pits, and the spirit of it is, fuck all the systems, fuck all the, like, things that, like, society is trying to tell us to do. Like, let me be me. And the difference between schooling and education is exactly that. It is. Schooling tries to tell you, here's who you, here's who you should be. Become that. Accept your station. Good luck. 
like here's your cast be it and uh and the and the learning and education like what andrew's saying is the, you know about the learning the learning happens no matter what and so i think the spirit of punk rock is like the is like learning that systems kind of are shit sometimes and we all need to like give them the finger and say no i'm not gonna do what you want i'm gonna do my own thing the danger in that is you is you're just like the, the complicated part is you're just rebelling because you're rebelling and not because you're like thoughtfully engaging and that is the education piece that needs to come in of like pushing questions to people young people in particular um so that they don't just rebel to rebel and they're not schooled in a different way so that they're thoughtful about it and can like become something bigger yeah i think uh that's very interesting what you talk about i think about the punk diy spirit i think a metaphor that we might uh look at that correct me if i'm wrong but you look at like unguided uh teenagers or youth that are trying to rebel against the system trying to build something it's kind of like throwing a bunch of rocks in a pile trying to produce a building, but you don't have like any sort of guidance at all, but you're just doing it because the system doesn't do it that way, right? Whereas in education, like you might have experienced people that can show you, you know, you put the rocks in, not necessarily this order, but like maybe give you some kind of guidance and like help you along yeah that's what that's the role of adults is to listen to the idea and if the idea is stacking rocks and and you can help them refine the idea to like something that is that that will create something more beautiful cooler more functional and and, and but basically you're as as the adult you're like what what's what's the you got to like listen for the idea and then you got to lift it up and share it with others and get people behind it everybody wants their idea value the thing about schools is you get a really very explicitly designed and crafted society out of it and and it's you know that's what you get you get people that fall into that place that you mentioned and there's parts of it that you know would do better from having more ideas and more people part of that you know and I, I, I want to name Aaron pausing. You're, you're the newest teacher here, right? But I think the fact that you paused when you were telling that description of the rocks, and, and one of the things about a podcast, people can't see our faces <laughs> and they can't see the dynamic of the group. And this is the largest group we've had like, yeah, on, right? Um, Passing mics back and forth. All yeah, yeah, stuff. it's great. Like, and that's, it should be messy. I, I, like, polish is... Polish is meant to like make something look different and better, quote unquote, than it is. Uh, Brian was like holding himself a little bit there while Aaron was talking. And it was like two tiers of teaching, right? Like you were wanting to like be a little bit of a guide there for Aaron while Aaron was trying to talk about his philosophy of education for a moment. And you gave him the space in a very similar way to how Aaron just paused when he almost said, show them how to stack the rocks. But he checked himself and realized that he waited and that's not really what he wanted to say. And then I watched this little bubble of respect from Brian noticing Aaron do it. 
and it was kind of profound because you were like, he's going to say, and they need to show him how to stack the rocks. Maybe I'm wrong, Brent. No, no, I, I think I think what he was saying was getting me excited about the fact that that it is valuing the idea that they bring. But but and then when he was pausing, I realized he had more to say, and so I and so I didn't want to cut it. I didn't want to cut him off. I, I I didn't know exactly what he was going to say, but I didn't want to cut him off. So. And, and I appreciate that. Maybe my metaphor wasn't that great because we're talking about it now, so it clearly didn't land that great. But the point was, youth teenagers, whatever you want to call young adults, have things that they want to bring into this world, and they have a vision, but they maybe sometimes don't know how exactly to carry it out, and they need a little bit of guidance. doesn't mean like you tell them exactly what you're going to build, right? That would be the system. This is what you do in our world, but this is what you want to do. Let me help you do it. And I think there's a piece of it that is, there's, there's some shit out there. And so as I'm doing that thing with you, I'm also being your like fullback, being your whatever I can be for you, whatever you need for me to be for you, to help you learn that there's going to come kind of like a reckoning and a reconciliation of you and this world. And it could be very painful, it could be very beautiful, but you're also like helping them as that thing is coming. And, and I would just say that the system piece is way more insidious. If it wasn't, punk rock wouldn't be what it is. It would be softer, it would be mellower, it would not fucking scream at you and activate you. The, the, that's, there's, there's emotion and there's pain and there's drama in that because the system is like, it's way more matrix than it is caregiver. Ooh. Especially at the, at the school, uh, in schools, part of that, like let's reproduce what exists, let's reproduce what exists. And, and, and we need to like break that. And the young people are not jaded, they know. They know, they see what's going on. And, and, and it's up to us to do something about it as educators. Yeah, there's a really good, uh, someone that's sort of like a mentor thinker for us is Jeff Duncan Andrade. And we'll throw a link to like one of his talks in the episode description if anybody wants to like go check it out. Um, but that social reproduction, like school as a, as a vessel and vehicle for social reproduction has, is driving us from the profession. Like it's driving teacher artists out of the profession. And that's horrifically dangerous because what you will get is schools that are filled with a bunch of assholes who just want it. Like they want school to be a socially reproductive system that keeps the status quo, maintains the status quo, and, and even maybe like, like accents or accentuates the status quo. Yes, and I'm not gonna steal the thunder of a future episode, but I did ask Aaron prior to starting this about a band called Death because my girlfriend's son, Silas, told me, like, check out, because he's into punk rock, and he has a, he had a punk rock band that broke up, and he's, like, reformed, but it was called Exhaust, and it was, it, it was amazing. I loved going to his shows. Um, but this band, Death, I was just getting from Aaron so a bit about the history, but that's, like, one aspect of, like, the fact that I had no idea there were black punk rock artists. Yes. 
like right. at the very early stages. Yeah, not only early, before but everybody, before anyone knew what punk was, or well, I guess before there was a punk, because you don't need to know what punk is to have a punk. doesn't fit like you're not going to sell records with that name death and that's probably true in the early 1970s but should they have been stopped I don't know I would argue no and and my point is the social reproduction thing is that anybody who invents things they can't look a certain way they can't be a certain color they can't that has been the history of like our country and I'm sorry people are on this that are pissed at me for saying things like that but like I'm just I'm just saying it like history is history and we need to like recognize it yeah I think if someone's listening to this I could stop right there like if a person if a singular person out there is listening to this (laughs) (laughs) but if there's somebody out there who's listening to this and they haven't caught on <laughs> to our ideological sway. <laughs> they they can they can go you know whatever. <laughs> they can go. They can go know, listen to whatever. Def Leppard. <laughs> Some shit I don't know. Bon Jovi. They can go listen to Bon Jovi. There was some social reproduction going on, dude. When I heard Two Live Crew as a child, yeah. it blew my mind, and my parents were terrified. They were <laughs> do you think Do you think Two Live Crew was punk? No, no, I duh. Oh, I, think, I answered oh. fast. I answered fast. I answered fast. You're no judgment here. No judgment here. I answered the sound fast. of the guitars with what is punk. I, I think this, they I think they were this I think them Public Enemy they were the spirit of punk. They're also yeah. hip hop, but they're fully the spirit of punk. You know who's super sure. punk rock? Willie Nelson, super punk rock. I'm just saying, like, who's punk rock? Is Fish punk rock? Uh, those were mom. Were the Silver Jews punk rock? <laughs> Silver Jews. They had, they had, they had some moments. I think Was they had Jay some Maskus punk rock? <laughs> Dinosaur Jr. Dude, Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. Jay Maskus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, we're thinking of like the genre, like stylistically, sonically. But, but that, son- but that doesn't matter. Like that doesn't matter. Like Neil Young was punk rock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine is the most punk band maybe ever. Maybe. But Tri- they didn't. Tri- but they Tri- called Quest. Uh, sh- sure. But they, I mean, they don't, don't. They don't have what you think of sonically when you think of like traditional punk rock. It's no. not like. Fast bar chords and get to get to get on the drums. It doesn't sound like that. But we've also come to a place here where like hip hop and punk rock are like, like almost the same thing. So kindred. Yeah. Like it's almost the same thing. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Okay, so 
What's that? Andrew's talking about how he likes in sync. Andrew likes in sync. Was it Justin Timberlake your favorite one? You know, growing up outside of Philly, we, we used to listen to the Roots, you know, quite a bit too. And oh they yeah. Had, they had uh, um, their song uh, "The Seed," or I'm uh, messing it up. But I remember it, it reminded me of like blending of musics, you know, like. Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember the lyrics. It's been a long time, but I remember we used to try to listen to the lyrics and think like, what are people saying? And uh, you know, he was naming like that girl's rock and roll, but you know, she's got like the heart of like hip hop, and like there was like the music. It seems to me like that song was about blending of music styles. Yeah, yeah. But been, it all had the same spirit, you know. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of blues lately. Like I've been just playing it in my office all the time, and it's been really interesting just listening to like. Like, I started with, like, a Muddy Waters kick, and I kind of just let the playlist, like, go wherever it went. Like, you know, let the algorithm do its thing on, like, Amazon Music or something. And I got into, like, a whole bunch of blues musicians I've never heard of, songs I've never heard of. But the lyrics, which are the thing I care about most, like, that's where it's from. Like, it comes from that. And so it's, it's fascinating because people have popped into my office and they're like, oh, you listen to country music? And I'm like, no, well, kind of like. How, how far does this extend? Because now you got me thinking that nothing could be more punk than Elizabeth Cotton. Her name is Elizabeth Cotton. She's a woman, a black woman in the what 20s, 30s, left handed, finger picking blues and calls her music cotton picking music, which is like a. Like a, Holy like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm taking that name back fully from you. That's, which yeah. feels super punk rock. Yes, yes. But then sonically. like bad cop bad cop without that kind of thing though I, I don't know Brian's nodding his head sort of like he doesn't know who bad cop bad cop is who's bad who's bad cop bad cop bad cop bad cop oh, is that a is that a cover band of bad cop that, that sings about Joe Biden clubs uh, <laughs> are allowed Aaron it's okay no no no, no. you can you can you can help me out here <laughs> bad cop bad cop is Explain a it. punk rock band made up of women there's four of them. Okay. They all have ovaries. Um, but as, as far as we know. <laughs> sure. You could be a woman without ovaries. <laughs> oh my goodness. My wife doesn't have ovaries. She only has We're one. We're getting in the weeds here now. Okay. <laughs> they advertise themselves as... They advertise... <laughs> Damn it, now I'm flubbing even worse. 
Anyways, this is usually when Aaron asks. This is usually when Aaron asks. We're gonna cut this, okay? We're gonna cut right here. We're not cutting any of this. And we are not. Okay, so Bad Cop, Bad Cop is punk rock band. Okay. Made up of four women, right? So, would we have them without Cotton Picking? Wait, Elizabeth Cotton. Yes. Cotton Picking Blues. Yes. Would we? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm sure she helped though. That's them. I just uh, showed him. I looked it up on my Spotify. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm hitting the like. I'm gonna listen to this later. Follow. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, we went way off, and we do need to wrap. All the teachers here. Andrew's doing sign language. <laughs> A- Andrew's, Andrew's way in, way, way more into reggae than punk. Oh, He's I know. way more into well, the Grateful I Dead. I can tell by looking yeah, at his eyes. Like, yeah, let's just. Like, I can tell by looking let's at just his get real about eyes. Andrew. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard him be this quiet. By the way, That's he true. always talks more than anybody. All right, but reggae might as well be punk. I, I mean, sure, sure. Okay, but to wrap the conversation, we started talking about education school. We do. We will post this as teachers are all back in, and it's ro- it's rolling in whatever way it's going to roll. Let, maybe a couple of words for any of our teacher friends out there as they're going back, schooling versus educating. Does anyone have a profound thought to close with? Not of my own. I don't, I, don't That's have, okay. I don't have one that specifically addresses that, but if you're an educator, you need to give a shit about your students a lot. I, mine goes right along with that, and, it, and it's a, like a specific thing you might think about doing, and it is not my idea. It's, it's a guy named Rob Reardon's idea, who is a punk rock educator from way back. and I believe he's called himself... Uh, what was it that he called himself at one time? Emperor of Rigor. Emperor of Rigor. Yeah. Um, and and just like side note, Rigor is not hard, confusing shit. It's it's <laughs> Rigor is being relentless about something, like like a punk rock artist might be in trying to figure out how their song goes. Um, but yes, teachers need to care about the kids, and we all like when you're a parent, you realize one easy way to care about how your kids are is they ask you, they say, hey, dad, watch me. And they go and they do something. And they come up to, hey, mom, 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 watch, watch, watch. And they go. So they, they tell you, as a parent, they tell you, watch me. I want you to see me. I want you to notice me. So as a teacher, like the, maybe the easiest move is like noticing what is going on in front of you. Noticing the children in your class, seeing them, and, 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 and then telling them you saw them. I saw what you did there. And just having that quick conversation will change how they feel about the space and how you feel about being in the space. this is profound but I'm currently at a what you call a continuation school a school where kids that may not make it go make it in what uh, well 
may not graduate. I put air quotes. Graduate's a thing, but like what I mean, like what like, like they, they, they were they were in danger of not graduating from their comprehensive high school. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. So like their their initial school before this continuation school failed them. Yes. Also, thank you, Jesse. But um, I found that the faculty there gives an overwhelming amount of shits about the students, right? And so the first week here, and the first week is all about community building. And it doesn't stop there. Like, we have a very big focus on community building in our school. Um, but the point is, simply ask the students what they need, right? I've found that this week I've been, you know, just asking the students what they want in the classroom, what makes them feel respected and valued, and they'll tell you. And some of the stuff might shock you, uh, some of the stuff might surprise you, might not. Um, some of the stuff shouldn't surprise you, but it will surprise a lot of people. But just ask, right? Those students have a voice and they have things to say, and those things will help you be a better teacher. He's only been teaching for a minute. That's profound. That was profound. Thank you. Lorario, come on, man. You've never been afraid of the microphone. All right, all right, all right. It's hard, though, man. I got to follow these two guys here. This is, this is tough. This can't be the last. You got to give one of, your, one of your awesome analogies after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I think as a teacher, all right. Here's something I think that can be helpful. This is a little tip because I, I don't think I can give these like profound blanket statements about things. But just a quick little tip. I think learning is joyful, and I think you have to remember that always. And I think when you consider that, you become a learner yourself. And I think being engaged as a learner with students, you know, doing something, you get to that 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 rigor piece where you're relentlessly going after something because. You know, questions have answers. You're not getting kids just to answer questions. Like, questions have answers. Curiosity gets satisfied. So you want to get that, like, you want to relentlessly go after something because it feels right and it feels good and it's joyful. So I would just say, as a teacher, don't just talk about learning. Be a learner. Uh, be a learner with the kids. All right, this is one we've been kicking around and I just want to use it one more time. Uh, Brian and Andrew and I, we, we have a, a nonprofit together and, and, a, and a business together that, that helps schools design and redesign and, and, and try their best to do great work for kids and families and communities. And, um, and this dog too. This dog's my dog. Uh, 
and we, we were working with a school in Oregon, and um, I play this stupid game that's like, it might be the most arrogant thing I do, I don't know, but I, I play this game where I just throw out some illustration when I'm talking, and, and then I figure out how to connect it, and it's... You guys are all looking at me like it's... Yeah, you always make it work, son. Well, yeah, it's exciting for me. It's an exciting thing to try and, like, work it out. And so this one actually has been kind of resonating a little bit. And I've never even told you guys some of the times I've done it before. <laughs> um, but I, I used the Lady and the Tramp a few weeks ago on a project we were doing up in Oregon. And, and Brian brought it up to me today, actually. We were working and... I'm thinking of using it tomorrow. So if people in... West Dallas, West Milwaukee, listening. Now you know where it comes from. Yeah, there you go. And I'm totally I, using there it are a couple. There are a couple that listen. So the, the the sort of illustration I used was the lady and the tramp, and everybody remembers this scene. There's like only I think I I, I would challenge anybody to tell me another scene <laughs> from the movie, so other than the one where there's like, right? They're slurping the noodle, right? They're slurping the spaghetti, and it draws them closer and closer. And, and then their eyes meet, I think, right? And then they, like, kiss. And it's this weird sexualization of dogs. So it's, it's pretty weird, dude. Like, we're watching these dogs, like, you know they're going to just go, like, go to pound town. Like, it's, they're dogs. Um, but these dogs, these dogs, like, have this super romantic moment. And I get it. It's personification of dogs, whatever. But these dogs are slurping this noodle and then their eyes meet and the moment in the in the movie is all about the dogs but I have this thought about like about the pasta like for them to be in it like that that's got to be some like good ass pasta right they're just like they're in it with the pasta and and they would never be in that position they would never be in that situation the the, the literally the table would never be set for that to happen if there wasn't some chef in the background that you never see i don't think you see him maybe you see a waiter i watched it yeah he's 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 full-on setting the scene yeah the, the italian chef is there okay and, and you may not remember it because you haven't but i like went back and watched this video. he's just like really voyeuring these dogs well yeah no he's yelling at his assistant to get like get the pasta with the extra meatball and the assistant's like but boss Dogs don't order, and he's like, they they told they talk to me, and he's like real mad, yeah. and he tells him to bring it up. But then he starts playing music for him too. He's like sets the like, scene. So that's the thing, right? Like, teach like that. Set the scene. Set the scene so that you can look out in your classroom and watch everyone slurping noodles about to hump. No. I'm just, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. About to see each other. I know, I'm yeah. kidding. But create the scene so that the students are doing the things on the tables, on the walls, outside, wherever it is that they're doing it. But also realize that that shit on the table is not sacred. The pasta was never the purpose. The chef worked his ass off for the pasta. The chef worked his ass off learning how to play music, I guess. I forgot about that. But that was not the purpose. All of that was simply so that society could happen. All of it was so that humanity could happen. Right? I know it's dogs, so it's weird. But the moment is the gaze. We're trying to create 
a, a situation, a scenario, and a culture where people, like Brian mentioned about Rob Reardon, where people notice each other, where people really see each other. And they see each other with a new understanding and common goodness of like, oh damn, the world can be really good pasta. And they see each other and they're like, I just don't hate you anymore. I can't possibly hate you because we just ate this pasta together. And so now we will go out into the world and we will make more of all of this right out there. Well, that's it for uh, that conversation that uh, was just a little bit out there as far as um, uh, amount of noise that was going on in the background. I know that even at times in the conversation, I remember being just couldn't really get something in just because background noise tends to, I don't know, distract me. I think you were tipsy. Pro- uh, pro- that's There's no reason why I wouldn't have been. Um, but anyways, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Starting off for uh, Mike and Aaron, Jesse here at the Punk Tree. Uh, take care and be well. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.